Um, had a special announcement. Uh, JP, would you come up and do that now? Yeah, I didn't have you come up earlier. I'm sorry. <laughs> and can we get a mic, Rich? You want a microphone? Yeah, you probably should. You probably should. Thank you. There you go. Thanks, JP. Yes, we had, I think we had Dr. Pat here, was it, was it last year or this year? Last year? Yeah. So a lot of you know her, and just a reminder to pray for her, and uh, it'll be good. Thank you. Well, let's pray for her and uh, pray before we look at the Word of God today. Father, we, uh, we love the ministry of Dr. Pat, who's helping persecuted Christians throughout the world. In, in dangerous places, and so we just ask that you would bless her and her efforts, that she would indeed be able to help those that are in need, uh, provide strength and comfort for those who need it, and that she would just be a great blessing to others. Would you uh, enlarge her ministry and make it extremely effective? Father, we ask now as we look at your word and look at the shepherds in particular this morning, that we would... Um, that we would understand a little bit of the joy that they must have felt hearing the angelic proclamation, hearing the music, hearing the singing, that we, we, would, we would kind of see that in the text this morning and experience a little bit of it. We thank you for this time and set it aside for you to speak to us and to our hearts. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, if you would turn to Luke chapter 2, 8 through 20. I guess I wasn't very surprised to find out that uh, there are people researching the effects of news stories on people. And in particular, of course, the effects of bad news stories, you know. So obviously news, the news people, they, they know what's going to catch our attention. They know that we're wired to pay attention to the bad things that are going on, maybe even more than the good things that are going on. And so that's probably the steady diet that we receive of world news, things happening today. And so, uh, again, I read a number of articles that all suggested the same thing, that watching a lot of bad news, not that it's shoddy journalism, but just bad things happening in the world can have an impact on our psyche, how we think, uh, being a little more depressed. And so... Certainly in the news today, we see lots of things that are concerning to us. Whether it gets us down or not, I don't know. But, but certainly there's a lot of concerning things. 
certainly we enter into a, a Christmas time where there's, where there's a lot of things happening in our country, a lot of things happening in the world. And yet, in the middle of all that, there's this thing called joy at, at Christmas time. And I don't think it's the same kind of joy as, well, we put up the Christmas tree today, and, and that's the Christmas joy. Or, uh, get the big meal going, that's the Christmas joy. I, I think it's deeper, it's better than that. But, but for those of you that I really wanted to talk this morning, and especially for those of you that keep up with world events and are very concerned, maybe even a little bit down because of what you hear, what you see happening, the evil things going on, the terrorism going on, the, the blindness, the spiritual blindness, all those things can kind of feel overwhelming. And the Christmas story is not really that different. Because even in the Christmas story, as we saw last week, even just briefly, Herod is, is, a, is a wicked king, and he killed all of these kids to try to get to Jesus. And we know God wasn't going to let that happen. He wasn't going to let the Son of God be killed, not till the cross. But even in the Christmas story, there's weeping, there's mourning, there's difficulty. But in the middle of all that, there's also amazing joy. And so what I hope to do this morning is just talk about how does Christmas joy, how does the joy of the gospel counteract all of the bad news we receive, all the difficult things we experience that threaten to overwhelm us even at a holiday season? I want to deal with joy this morning. So if you would look again at the text with me. This is Luke 2. We heard it already once this morning. Let's hear it one more time. Verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared to the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels left them and had gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. And then the skit guys thing happened, right? Okay, verse 16. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what was told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they'd heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So I want to talk about this morning, and the main idea being the gospel is good news of great joy. I mean, and that's what the angels say. We have good news of great joy for everybody. How does the gospel counteract all of the bad news coming into my life? The bad news I see on TV, the bad news that's personally going on in my family. How does the gospel give me joy that's deeper than all the bad news? That's my question. How does it help? Well, first of all, what's the gospel? What is the good news? Just... I know it's a review for every, most people here, not everybody here maybe, but what is the gospel? 
Uh, one of the best ways I've ever heard to explain the gospel to somebody very quickly and briefly is the ABC method, and that's you admit you're a sinner in need of a Savior. I've messed up. I've done a lot of bad things. I need someone to save me from my sin. If God is a judge, I'm going to be guilty on the last day. I need a Savior. That's A, admit. B is believe. What do we believe? That, that, that's putting your faith in something. I believe that Jesus Christ died on a cross for my sins, and he was raised from the dead back to life. That's what I believe. Uh, C, confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord. And sometimes this gets lost in the process, but anyone who comes to Christ needs to at some point be able to articulate, be able to have that. Jesus is not only Savior, he's also Lord. He's my king. I, I obey him. I follow him. I don't, I don't obey him so that I can be saved. I obey him because I love him and because I'm saved from my sin. Why wouldn't I obey him? It's that kind of obedience. It's lo- the lordship issue. So that's the gospel. Uh, you can look at it in 1 Corinthians 15 to see a very biblical uh, ex- explanation of that that Paul gives. Um, now, what is joy? What's joy? Um, keep in mind that we're just doing semantics here. You could call it, Can you call it joy? Can you call it happiness? Can you call it delight? You can call it any of those things. But, I mean, we're using English words here. But if you want kind of a biblical undergirding for what joy really is, I love John Piper's definition. I think it's an excellent one. I would use it to understand what Christian joy is knowing that you could call it delight, you can call it happiness, but, but this is what it is. It's a good feeling in the soul. So, so a feeling means you, you don't just turn it on and off. A feeling's a feeling. So uh, if, if, um, if I'm standing behind the door in my, in my son's room and I jump out and scare them at night, you know, when they're coming into the room for bed, uh, if I scare them, they can't just go in there and say, I don't, I don't want to be scared now. I turn that off. You don't scare me, Dad. You know, they could try to do that, but they might be scared, you know, because I jumped out. Fear is something that just, it comes up in you. You can't, you can't just turn it off. And so it is with joy. It's a feeling. It's a feeling that just wells up in you. It's a feeling in the soul. It's a spiritual thing that happens to you. It's produced by the Holy Spirit because we know the fruit of the Spirit is joy, right? So the Holy Spirit's doing that in us as he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the Word and in the world. Now, the Word's kind of obvious. You can open your Bible, and you can see all the great things Jesus has done, all the things he's promised, and that's joyful when you see these things. You can look in the world and say, uh, Jesus, you provided for my meal today. There's, there's joy there. Jesus, you provided a roof over my head. There's joy there. Jesus, look at, look at my kids. There's joy there. You, you see his fingerprints all over your life, and it's joy. It's joy. The Holy Spirit produces that in you. So I think that's a pretty good working definition of joy for what we're going to talk about this morning. How does Christmas joy, how does the joy of the gospel counteract all the negative news of the day? How does that work? What makes, what makes Christmas joy so great? Because the angels say this, we come with good news of great joy. Great joy. What makes Jesus' joy so great? That's my question this morning. Because if we understand why it's so great, we can then understand why everything else is underneath of it. 
the bad news of the day. This happened. That happened. Why is Christian joy so great? Why did the angels say that? Okay. Let's say this. First of all, uh, Christmas joy, the joy of the gospel, is an inclusive joy. If you're taking notes, uh, there's, there's a page of notes in your bulletin. You can do that if you want. But it's an, it's an inclusive joy, not exclusive, not, not for one group of people. It's for all people, the angels say. It's good news of great joy for all the people. So it's a, it's a one-size-fits-all kind of joy. You know, um, I, don't, I don't watch as many movies as I used to. Um, but when I do watch movies, usually I read movie reviews first. Uh, there, there's Christian movie reviews. Sometimes I just want to know what the content of the movie is to know whether I should watch it or not. But sometimes I just want to know, is it well done? Is it boring? Is it a waste of my time? I don't have time to waste. I'll do, I'll do that for books as well. Is this book worth reading? Should I invest hours into this? Is this gonna, there's going to be a payoff here, right? Because I don't want to put all this time in and not get anything out of it. So I'll read a book review and, and see. I'll read a movie review before. Sometimes I'll read movie reviews, and, and one reviewer will be like, this is the best thing ever, best movie of the year. And then I'll read another one that says, this was awful, it was boring, and I've seen a hundred movies with the same kind of storyline. And I'm thinking, what do I do? What do you do? Well, I usually think to myself, I'm going to watch this for myself and see, you know? I'm going to check it out. Now, this is, this is funny, just as an aside. I'm sitting at uh, the network meeting of the different free church pastors in the area. And during lunch, I say, are you guys seeing the Star Wars movie this weekend, really? And, and, these, and, and a couple of the guys are like, I don't have time for that. I didn't, like the, the, I didn't even watch the prequels. And I'm like, who are you? What? What is going on? Uh, there was one guy there that was as excited as me. That was, that was actually Pastor Josh Reese from St. Germain. So we were, we were in it together. You know, We were like thrilled and we're talking. Other guys are like, really? Huh, okay. Um, but I don't care if, I know it's already released in Europe, I think. Russia maybe saw it. You know, if they write a bad review of it, it doesn't matter. I'm showing up. I don't care what they say. The Russians, they don't know. Um, I'm going to see this thing. Anybody Russian this morning? (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Man. (laughs) Just for you, I'm watching Rocky IV today. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Sorry. Um, So the point is, I'm going to read a movie review, and, and, and I might just see the movie anyway because, because I want to know what I think about it because some of it is subjective, right? It just hit me that way. I walked out of the movie, and it just spoke to me, and I had a great feeling. Another person walks out and says, that was two hours I'll never get back. You know, and I'm like, how do you reconcile those things? But, but look, here's my point. The joy of the gospel is one size fits all. It, it fits the drug addict. It fits the, the liar. It fits the gossiper. It fits, it fits all of us in whatever sins we deal with. It fits the rich person, the poor person, the middle class person. It fits the person who has a couple houses and the person that's renting. It fits everybody. It fits everybody and it changes everybody. That's what I'm saying. It's good news of great joy for all the 
people. It's not like you can go into this and say, well, I'm glad you have joy in the gospel, but I don't. Listen, if you don't, understand that God wants you to have it. It's a fruit of the Spirit. You can't make yourself joyful, but you can surely ask the Holy Spirit to bring that up in you and make you joyful. It's a fruit. It's yours. It's a promise. It's one size fits all. That's a great joy. Um, Secondly, it's an inside joy. It's an inside joy. So the angels say, born to you. Born to you. It's an inside joy. So a lot of people, you know, this isn't the time of year of buying gifts. And, and for some people, they really do think that, that receiving something, that they think that having a, a possession is going to make them happy. I saw an old friend uh, from high school who's now a uh, car salesman. And he, and he had this ad, and I thought it was funny that he had an ad, you know, and he's talking, and I'm like, I went to high school with that guy. And he's actually saying that if you buy one of these new cars, it, it really does help define you. And I thought, who talks like that? Like, you know better than that. This car will show who you are to the world. He was talking like this, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Uh, but we think joy's out there, and I need to go get it. I need to go buy it. I need to go to that warm tropical place and get some of that joy i i need i need to find and i know that's bad you got to have a car and use vacations good um i'll get that joy I'll, I'll get it but the angels say it's an inside joy so some of you are going to have gifts sent to your house this year probably you know grandparents parents are going to send you a gift because they can't make it to your house and you're, you're going to bring that gift into your home and, and, and it's going to say, to your name, from whoever your relative is that's sending it or your friend. And you're going to take the scissors and you're going to open it and open the box and take it out. And it's in your home and it's your possession. It is yours. It's right there. It's yours. And whatever you want to look at it or use it or whatever it is, it's right there. It's yours. Christmas joy is something that's yours. It's right there. You don't have to go get it. You don't have to drive to find it. You don't have to mail it out. You'd, you, you don't have to pay for it. It's just there. It's yours. It's an inside joy. And, and it's from heaven. If, if the label, if there was something on the label from, it'd say from heaven. I mean, Jesus made the longest journey to get that thing to you. You may have relatives in Texas and they made this package go over to you, you know, or maybe you have relatives in, you know, another country and they sent something over to you, but this came from heaven. It's priceless. It arrived. It's yours. It's in your home. You don't have to get it. It's right there. That's Christmas joy. Born to you. He came from heaven to you. Joy came to you. By the way, I'm not suggesting by this that you're always going to feel the joy. I think that's kind of just obvious. If joy is a feeling in the soul, it doesn't mean you can just flip the switch and joy. You know, it's not like that. Like That's why I said you pray for it, but it's there. I mean, understand, even as you're going through a sorrowful thing, the joy is still there. It hasn't evaporated. It hasn't vanished. It's still there. And you will feel it. It will happen. 
Take hope. It will happen. Thirdly, uh, Christmas joy, the joy of the gospel, is a holy joy. Now, this whole sermon was based on this idea, by the way. So, so I'll give Charles Spurgeon credit. I like reading a lot of people when I'm studying, and I'm reading this sermon by Spurgeon. And he said something that just grabbed my attention. He said, uh, Christmas joy is a pure and holy joy. And I was like, that's beautiful. And I think I based everything on that idea that, that this joy of Christmas is superior to any other kind of happiness in the world. I mean, thank you, Spurgeon. So, so he said that. It's a holy joy. And you see that with the angels who say, glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. This is a holy joy. It's a pure joy. Now, you know, it's obvious, that there are a lot of unholy joys. Maybe we shouldn't even call them joys. There's a lot of unholy, impure delights and happiness in the world. You know there are sins that will give you delight. This is nothing like that. This is a holy joy. It's a pure joy. It's, it's again, the joy of knowing that everything you have has come from the hand of God. That's a holy joy. It's, it's knowing that the Father of heavenly lights is giving every good and perfect gift according to James. It's looking at your kids and knowing that God has entrusted these children to you. That's a holy joy. It's, it's the joy of God, the joy that He feels being shared with you. That's a holy joy. It's different than anything else. Um, we, see the, we see angels in a lot of places in the Bible, you know. They're often giving messages. They're often freaking people out, especially in the Christmas story. You know, every time they show up, it's like, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, you know. Um, but this is one of those stories where they don't just have a message, they sing, they proclaim, they praise, multitude upon multitude. This is a special story. This is a holy story. It's a holy joy. There's nothing like it. There's no story like it. It's different. And that's what holy means, really. It means set apart. Nothing like this. By the way, if... I know I just said it briefly, but if you're the person here and you say, I found a lot of unholy, impure joy in my life. Pray to God that he would reverse that trend. Pray to God that he would break you of that addiction to unholy delight, whatever that form of sin is. You know, even if it's as simple as you lie to make other people think more of you, pray that God would break that. If it's an immorality issue, pray that God would just break the joy that you get from that. Pray, pray that you would see how much greater his joy is. Don't fall into that impure, unholy delight. Because it's real. Fourthly, uh, it's a historical joy. Not a hysterical joy, although that's probably true too. But it's a, it's a historical joy because the angels say, this will be a sign to you. Shepherds, when you go, here's going to be the sign. You're going to find the baby in a feeding trough. You know, you're you're going you're to know it when you see him. <laughs> Not too many babies sitting in the feeding trough, the manger. You're going to know it. That's going to be the sign. 
That's the king. That's, the, that's Christ the Lord. And so they knew it when they saw him. That's the sign. So our joy is a historical joy. If it didn't really happen the way the Bible is written, then it's not real at all. This is a false joy. It's deceptive. It's, it's a go home, don't worry about it kind of thing. It's superstition. It's legend. It's, it's a warm Santa Claus feeling. But if it's historical, if this is exactly what happened, then all of our joy is grounded in what God actually did. God invaded dark, sinful human history. He went into the darkness and brought light. That's what he did. He invaded history with joy. He, and he invades your everyday with whatever negative things are going on with joy. That, he just invades. That's what he does. It's historical. It actually happened. It's like the, um, you know, we all, most of us probably have a birth certificate. Unless you were, some of you are probably old enough, you probably didn't, right? I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I'm kind of mean this morning, aren't I? Um, most of you have birth certificates. Um, but the birth certificate tells you, this is where you were born. This location, this hospital, uh, on this date, at this time. Here's the doctor who signed off on you. Here's your name given at birth. The, the whole thing's set up. It's on a paper. The state keeps it. It's locked up. You can order copies of it. It's a historical record. Now, you're alive. You're real regardless. But it kind of matters that you were actually born. You know, that, that's an important thing. We celebrate birthdays. We, we, we love those things. This joy we have is grounded in the birth record of Jesus Christ, that God would send his son. And if God did that, which we believe he did, which history tells us he did, we have a great reason for joy. God stepped into human history, and he still does every single day, just not as a baby, but he does intervene every single day. Okay, fifthly, it's a communicated joy. Number five, communicated joy. So um, the angels declared it to the shepherds. It would have been a little bit awkward for all the angels to show up and kind of do this, you know, and not say anything, right? Bright lights, the shepherds were like falling on their faces crying, don't kill us, don't kill us, which is actually exactly what they thought back then. If you see something divine, something angelic, Judgment of God must be coming for you. You don't just see the glory of God and get away with it. So they're, you know, <laughs> but what if the angel didn't say fear not? And they just kind of stood there with, I don't know, flaming swords and, and robes and brightness. And, and But they spoke, fear not. Don't be afraid. We tell, this, we tell humans this all the time. And, and that's just, I think that's just the normal thing. When the natural meets the supernatural, the natural starts to shake. You know, that's, that's just... That's just how it is with us. When the natural meets the supernatural, we just, we just start to shake. What's going on? We get scared. But when they found out that they were accepted by God and, and, the, and that God wanted to speak to them through the angels, they're like, this is great. We're shepherds. Nobody likes us. We're unclean. We're untrustworthy. We're at the lower end of all the occupations. You guys have all heard that. You know, We're on the lower end of this. And the angels showed up to us. I mean, you've got to believe that they were just thrilled. And so they went and they saw Jesus and they went and told other people. And I'm sure people were like, shepherds, really? You know, I'm a pretty good guy. He didn't show me shepherds, but, but that's what God did. He communicated it and then they communicated it to somebody else. And that's what we do with our joy. 
We share it. We tell people about it. Uh, it's not only a communicated joy. You could even say it's communicable. It's communicable. In other words, you tell someone about your joy. You tell someone about Jesus, and they say, I want some of that joy too, and they accept Jesus. Now they've got joy, and now it's spreading. It's contagious. So if God's doing something cool in your life, and you go in for your Christmas haircut before all the family gets together, why don't you talk to the barber? Talk to the stylist. Tell them your joy. Just give a testimony. You know, don't you have to call the testimony. I'm sharing my testimony now. You know, just... Tell them what makes you happy. They'll say, what? Are you, are, you, are you going to court or something? You know, what's, you want trial? Um, just tell them what makes you happy. I mean, that, that's just simply what the shepherds did. What's making you happy right now, shepherds? Well, we saw angels, first of all. And then second of all, we saw Christ the Lord, the Messiah. We saw him. I mean, could you imagine how they felt? Don't you have a few good reasons to tell somebody how happy you are? And maybe life is really hard right now, but you still have Jesus. You can t- Ultimately, our, all of our stories are the same. I was a sinner, and Jesus saved me. Ultimately, it all boils down to that. So tell it. Tell it well. Someone uh, this last month said, I was a wonderful person online as we were having a discussion. You're a wonderful all these good things you've done. And I was talking about some of the things that we're supposed to do and some things I've done in my life. And I said, no, anything that I've done of eternal value, of of significance, is because Christ has changed me. That's the truth. People probably think, some of you, people probably think a lot of you. They think a lot more of you than shepherds did. (laughs) You know, shepherds were looked down on. Some people think so much of you. You've got to tell them why. Why are you so stinking happy? I'll tell you why. It's communicable. Because <laughs> other people can have it too. So tell them they can have it. Uh, sixthly, and finally, it's a saving joy. It's a saving joy. Uh, listen, some, some of us are concerned about terrorism at home and abroad We're concerned about the spiritual climate in the country. We're concerned about upcoming elections. We're concerned about what politicians are saying. Some of us get really ramped up when we read the latest thing. Um, I don't go on political rants from the pulpit, and I'm not going to today. Um, If he has saved you from your sin, you've already been saved from the worst fate possible you've been saved from hell eternal separation from God in a place of torment he's already saved you if you've accepted his forgiveness and so it's true what they say don't fear the one that can destroy the body but can't destroy the soul We don't, we shouldn't have terror because of terrorists. We should fear the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. God could send you to hell. He doesn't want to, but he is a judge. And because of the cross, 
because Jesus died to pay for your sin, the worst fate possible for you has been paid for. All you got to do is accept it. So in a few minutes, we are going to have communion after we sing a few songs. And I pray that one of the highest joys you feel today is that you've been saved from eternity apart from God, an eternity of torment. You've been saved. So no matter what happens to you in this life, God has still rescued you. And that's a reason for joy. It's, it's the joy It's the joy from getting in a car accident and getting out of that car and dusting yourself off and saying, I'm just fine. I've been rescued. It's the joy of a lifeguard jumping into the water and pulling a child out of the water and rescuing them. There's some big joy when you do that. There's some big joy. I've never been the lifeguard, but I've been in the car accident. There's some joy there. I mean, yeah, you might be shaken up a little bit, but when you look at the car and look at you and go, oh, joy. And, when, and even though none of us have seen hell, we do know there's been some bad things on earth, and we know that hell is just this place of the wrath of God. We have joy because we have an eternal home in heaven. Could I have you bow your heads and close your eyes now? Worship team, you can come up now too and get ready. If what 